if you're genuinely curious, you need never be at a loss for something to say. Welcome to episode 54 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast. Anthony Samroff from BeYourselfAndLoveIt.com and welcome to another one of my live streams on how to make small talk. In my last episode, I was talking about the importance of sharing stories because a lot of the time, a uh, conversation with someone new can very easily fall into heady conceptual subjects. We talk about our opinions on things, but it doesn't really connect to our heart or our humanity. And a lot of the time there's a dread of entering this kind of conversation that feels a little bit like a job interview where everyone's just being really polite, but they secretly hate themselves and the other person they're talking to, or they feel really self-conscious or like they can't um, move or into a more personal form of conversation. The first couple of videos I've done have been helping you be a better speaker because a lot of the media on communication skills focuses on the importance of being a good listener. And of course, it's an important thing to be a good listener to be sure. But if you put all of the responsibility on the other person to provide the material for conversation, then they can feel a little bit like they're in the spotlight. But that being said, today we're going to talk about the importance of curiosity and making other people want to be around you. You know, there's a really great anecdote. I don't know if it's apocryphal or if it's true, but that um, Winston Churchill's mother was at a event with two candidates for prime minister in the UK. One was Gladstone and the other one was Disraeli. And she said, when I left the dining room after sitting next to Gladstone, I thought he was the cleverest man in England. But when I sat next to Disraeli, I felt that I was the cleverest woman in England. And it was Disraeli who won the election. And I think about the stand-up comedian Norm Macdonald. He's a really amazing comedian, and I bet that he's great at chatting to people that he's just met because he's so relaxed. He doesn't feel like he has to come in and jam up conversations. He leans back, he listens to what's going on, and when he sees his moment, he drops something really funny. It just comes out of his mouth because he's so relaxed. He doesn't feel the need to, when he's on a panel show, fill up every little space, but he is aware of what's going on around him so that when he contributes, he can contribute like a laser and he's always really funny and comes up with tons of stuff off the cuff. And one thing I remember him saying is, a lot of comedians are more interested in being clever than being funny. Uh, I always kind of position myself as the most stupid person in the room. Now, I'm not saying that that's what you should do, but it doesn't surprise me that he's got that insight because, just because of his demeanor. And I actually love to think of him as a model because I notice by my increased experience, of speaking to people I don't know, deliberately going out and speaking to strangers to try and get over social anxiety and improve my social skills, that I've become much more calm and less reactive. And in many situations where someone says something that might have challenged me in years gone by and I would have lost my cool, I notice that my mind just is empty. I'm okay to pause. And when I have a good comeback, I just speak. So. Improving your social skills can help you become a much more relaxed person. So, uh, obviously, there's the old trick, you know, if you're 
not sure what to say or if you're feeling self-conscious you can ask an interesting question to get the other person to talk and nod politely while you monitor your emotions in your body I'm not against that yeah, that that might actually be a good approach sometimes as long as you can get the conversation onto something they're interested about and the the, the thing is you know people are not rarely boring when they're talking about something that they're really passionate about so it's it's pretty much captain obvious to say that people will that if you take more of an interest in others they're more likely to enjoy spending time with you and take an interest in you but they also maybe if you treat them like you're they're fascinating they might step up to meet your expectations and you'll have more fun too i'm going to give you an exercise for doing that if you think this is useful please pump that share button because I'd like to get this information out to people that it could help. So yeah, people are rarely boring when they talk about things that they're passionate about. So when you're in a social situation, if you want to practice, have the thought in your head, I wonder what this person's passionate about. And you can play a little role play with yourself in your head. Pretend that you're a private detective and try and find out if you can coax the person along a little bit to find out what they really enjoy talking about and you'll know because they like light up you know you, 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 it's easy to know when someone's really passionate so your job you can try it 12 times you can go out and see if you could do it to 12 people or next time you're at a party see how many times you can get people glowing while they talk right you'll enjoy it more for sure as much this is this is actually a cure for getting in boring dead-end small talk if you can make it your job to see if you can get that person on to talking about one of their passions, whether that's some kind of sport or anime or Jurassic Park, who the hell knows? See, see if you can create a non-judgmental state where they want to talk about whatever it is that they're really interested in. One way you can do it is by talking about something that you're really passionate about, and that might be the delivery mechanism uh, for getting them to move stepwise and to, if you lead the way, that's something you can do. Now, once you find something that they love to talk about, then you can just sort of imagine yourself on Google Maps, like zoom in closer, zoom in, and then zoom in again. Get them to expand on it. Get them to give you details. Find out what it feels like to engage in that activity. Find out how they got into that activity. How often do they do it? Who do they like to do it with? What is it like to be in a community of people who enjoy that activity? What are other people who enjoy that passion like? Um, and what are things that people who are in that circle know that people who aren't in that circle don't know? You know, th these are some of the questions that you could ask. Now, the, the next thing is to stop yourself from putting the spotlight on them and making them do all the work, what you should do is you should connect on these points, not just by asking questions, but actually make statements on your thoughts and feelings on the things that they've said, like, oh, I never thought about that. I've always thought it was like this, but actually from what you're saying, it's more like this. Or um, my preconceived, I don't know very much about that, but my pre preconceived notion is this, is that true? Or I hear that people think this, and what's your view on that? Or that that community split, you know, one likes Bitcoin cash and one likes Bitcoin, I don't know, but you, know, you get what I mean. You know, see, you don't need to know tons about it, but you can um, use that, use the fact that you know less than them, hopefully, to as a springboard to get them to talk more so 
if you can consistently get people talking about what they're passionate about, then obviously they're going to associate those good feelings with you. And why wouldn't they? Because you're a great conversationalist who listens well and asks the right questions. Um, I, my question to you is, will you please share this video? Because I'm trying to get this media out to people who are either socially anxious or maybe they're just a bit shy or they could be on the Asperger's or autism spectrum. Uh, there's all sorts of people who could benefit from this video series. So I hope that you will, if you find it useful, you won't keep it to yourself. So there's an old expression, or maybe I just made it up, I don't know yet, that if you're genuinely curious, you never need to be at a loss for something to say. In practice, uh, you could be really curious, but you could also be kind of nervous and then you lose what to say or people just give you the answer I don't know <laughs> so so you do so you do need to contribute as well if you don't find yourself curious it might be because you're a little bit insecure and you're seeking validation from others by talking a lot I used to do it a lot I talked a lot and I talked really fast when I trained well before I trained to be a counselor um, I read the book nonviolent communication and chapter seven of that gave me a technique for listening better. The chapter's called Receiving Empathetically, and that was to paraphrase what other people said. I'm gonna do a video on that. It might be the next video or the next video after. Um, I also remember reading a great book called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. That was probably the first book I read on communication skills, and that's got really great communication skills in it for dealing with adults as well. Uh, I definitely recommend it. So. If you don't find yourself curious yet, see if you can practice the fake it till you make it approach. You need to actually find the value of listening more and getting people to talk about their passions before it comes naturally to you. As you become more secure, if you work on this, you'll find, I find, that I don't have to fill in all the spaces. I'm quite happy for other people to do the talking and just take a step back, the more confident and secure I become. Another thing is, don't feel like you obsessively have to finish your last thought or sentence. See if someone changes the subject. You can just, if, if you don't know them that well, you can just assume that they're more interested in what they're saying than what you had to say. And that's fine, you know. Um, the, the, the content at this stage of the interaction is not important. See if you can create a general sense of comfort between you and the other person. You'll find that that's in these stages more important than the specific content of what you're saying. And later on, once that connection is established, then they'll be interested in whatever you have to say. It could be that they're nervous that they're talking too much because they have something to prove inside or that's the only way that they know how to interact. So let them run with that. It shows a certain level of insecurity. It doesn't um, make you come across as a high status person if you always have to obsessively finish the, the thing that you were saying. I know, because I used to be like that. Now, now it's easier for me to let it go. Many times they'll say, um, oh, sorry, I interrupted you while you were saying that. Tell me again. Or, you know, just put a pin in it. If you really want them to know, put a pin in it, put it aside. And at some point, when there's a lull, you can bring it up again. But don't do it like as soon as they finish what they're saying, because it, it just, I, I don't recommend it. You can do whatever you want, but I don't recommend it because I think it's going to, it just makes you look, like um, a person that's insecure, like kind of single track minded or just really, really needs other people to be the vehicle for you to get some sort of validation. Uh, on the other hand, if you hear, like sometimes happens to me, I'm in a social situation with a few people 
and someone's about to say something, but you know, someone else cuts them off and grabs the stage and they start talking about their thing. Usually when that finishes, that person finishes saying what they were saying and that conversation resolves. I turned to the person who was cut off and I said, you were about to say something about so-and-so and people really, really love you for doing that. That's a really, really great thing to do. Um, and I always try and do it. Not only that, but once I was at a party and I went outside um, and a girl noticed that I'd done it for other people a couple of times and told me, you pick up on social cues that other people don't, which was a really great thing to hear since I've been working on this stuff for a couple of years now. So it's good, to, you, you know that you've improved inside sometimes, but we can all get insecure. It's good to have feedback from the outside that other people notice that you've, that you've been able to do something. So if someone does interrupt you chronically, um, it's probably better to find someone to talk to. Of course, if you know them well, then it's a different story and you can have a little conversation about it. I think that's all I've got to say for just now on developing curiosity. I'm putting these on a playlist on YouTube, Anthony Samroff, How to Make Small Talk. So you can check out the whole series and I think you will really benefit from them. If you think you could greatly benefit from improving your social skills, your romantic prospects, your prospects and work through becoming a better communicator, please don't hesitate to send me an email at anthony at beyourselfandloveit.com. I do one-to-one -one coaching and I've also got a social skills mentorship program which is less expensive and will help you pair up with other people who are trying to improve their social skills. You can work together with a buddy on exercises and we all coach each other, we all help each other improve in these ways. Until next time, be yourself, but don't just be yourself, be yourself and love it.